Hello and welcome to Maverick Messages. My name is Wade Sharp and I am a sophomore at Providence Baptist College. This podcast is all about allowing God to work in your life and encourage one another in Christ. So if you're ready to be inspired and to change your life for the better, take a listen. Chapel brings back a lot of good memories. It's a privilege to be here this morning and to have the opportunity to preach the Word of God to you. Proverbs 18 in your Bibles. Proverbs 18. Now, typically, Brother Robito comes to preach chapel. It's program time. Typically, I'm preaching a soul-winning message. Typically, I'm preaching something about, you know, working hard in the ministry and getting people to church and having a burden for souls. And I hope you get that. I hope, I'm sure that's getting preached to you. Now, we're going to go a little bit different direction this morning. I don't want to just challenge you concerning the program. Uh, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if you have not had uh, the privilege to have somebody on your arm at church, a visitor, whether it's bus children, whether it's adults, whoever it may be, if you have not personally had the privilege to be responsible to bring somebody to, the, uh, to church during the program, I hope that eats away at you until that happens. Listen, our job, what God has commanded us to do is go out and sow the seed, right? And I hope you're sowing a lot of seed. The more seed that you sow, the better chance that you're going to have of seeing someone come to church. If you go out there and talk to 10 people on a Saturday, most likely you're not going to have anybody in church. You talk to 40, 50, 60 people on a Saturday, you're earnestly giving them a track, you're earnestly inviting them, you're earnestly going after them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most likely you're going to have somebody on your arm. You're going to have a visitor that comes to church. Uh, just give it, uh, give it time, give it to God. But I hope that it, I hope that it eats at you. And not in a way that, uh, but just something that says, Lord, I want to have a visitor. Lord, I, I believe you're still in the soul-saving business. I believe you still want to see the lost come uh, to, to Jesus Christ. And so would you allow me to be just a small part? And I think if we do that with a sincere heart and with, with feet that follow that prayer, I think God is going to give you somebody this program. And so go after them. You personally take a part of that bus route, a part of that pew maybe that you're in on Sunday morning, and, and ask the Lord, Lord, give me responsibility over this to grow this, to have some visitors, to add to what you're already doing. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in the program. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18, we're going to get into this. I, I, this morning as I was getting into this preparation for the message and been thinking about it for several days, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to preach a really short message. The college students would really like that if I preached a short message to them. But as I began to develop the message, the message got longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. So we will, we will see. Only the Lord knows. Only the Lord knows how this will go. This morning, but we're going to draw our attention this morning at Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 22. Verse number 22. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. All right. The Bible says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Let's pray. Let's bring it down here, and we'll get into the message. Lord. Thank you for bringing us to chapel this morning. Uh, Lord, uh, this is a, it's a, sometimes a fun topic to discuss, sometimes a very sobering, solemn topic to discuss. But Lord, either way, we know uh, that it's an important topic to discuss. And so Lord, I pray that you give me the words to say. Help me to say the things I need to, not to say the things that shouldn't, I shouldn't say. And I pray that it would be a blessing to the students this morning. And we'll thank you for what you do. Amen. Now, this is an appropriate topic for this current Time period, right? One week from today, spring banquet. Spring banquet. 
I'll, we'll get into sort of my philosophies on spring banquet. The Lord has allowed me to go to many spring banquets, most of them with my wife. Amen. So I appreciate that. Freshman year, went by myself. And can I say, guys, don't be desperate. And I'm going to probably say this at some point in the message. It's okay to go to the spring banquet by, by yourselves. Ladies, I say the same thing to you. All right. Uh, freshman year, my parents actually said, you can't date, you can't court, you can't go on activities with any girls your first year. That was their rule. I said, all right. I didn't like it, but I said, all right. And I did my best to, uh, to, to, to follow their, uh, their guidance there. Second year, I uh, invited a girl that I thought was a good girl, and she was a good girl, and it just didn't work out. She was very quiet, and good lady, I'm sure. Um, she was very quiet. I did everything possible to keep the conversation going. At some point, the conversation just petered out. And have you ever, guys, you can relate to me, maybe not in that, hopefully not in that scenario exactly, but maybe, have you ever been up preaching a message and, and you just get to the end and you just run out of steam and you're just like, I, I got nothing. You ever been there before? It's like six minutes and you're like, I got no more. I'm done. I'm out. That was sort of our conversation after. Now, this is the problem. It was not a very good first date, first courtship activity. Uh, we went, what was that? I think John Hancock uh, building downtown, 95th floor. That was nice. But then, I don't know whose idea it was. It was not Brother Hallberg's. He was not the activities coordinator at the time. I, I could tell you who to blame, but he's not around, so anyways, whatever. But this guy thought it would be nice to do what they called a roots tour. And we were going to drive all over Chicagoland in these tour buses, and we were going to uh, visit the different locations where our church had, had started and then moved to, etc. And they were going to sort of give a tour of the history. The only problem is we did it during rush hour traffic. So we are driving around Chicagoland in rush hour traffic. I mean, we were literally on a bus for like three or four hours as part of the spring banquet. Brother Halberg could attest to the accuracy of this story. And let's just say for someone that was a very quiet young lady and for someone that eventually ran out of things to say, it made for awkward times. And I think the Lord knew that it was not going to work out anyways. And so we sort of amicably parted ways after that day. I stayed with her to the end, but uh, that didn't work out. So anyways, don't tell Mrs. Robito that story. I don't know that she knows that story. I'm sure she does, actually. My junior year, my junior year, Mrs. Robito wonderfully came into my life, came to school as a student. I met her. I was smitten by her, and the rest is history. Junior year, senior year, marriage, and I don't know how many other spring banquets that we've been to now. So with that being said... I think it's an appropriate time maybe to preach on this subject of courtship and marriage. The message this morning is simply this, a good thing if it's the right thing. It's a good thing if it's the right thing. Ladies, do you want a good thing or do you want an easy thing? Guys, do you want a good thing or do you want a quick thing? Marriage is only a good thing if it's the right thing. We look at this verse, and uh, I, I knew the reaction that was going to come. The guys were going to start to hoop and holler, right? <laughs> you know, praise God, whoso finds the wife finds the good thing, right? But you know what? This statement, this scripture is made off of the assumption that it's a relationship that's done God's way. Because can I tell you, not every marriage is a good thing. Not every man that findeth the wife is it a good thing. But marriage that's done God's way, there's nothing better. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 14, we're just going to jump into it this morning. Proverbs 19, 14, the Bible says that a prudent wife is from 
the Lord. In Proverbs 31, verse 10, we're going to get there uh, over there in just a few minutes. It says, a virtuous woman is worth far more than even expensive rubies. Yet on the flip side of things, the Bible says in Proverbs 19, verse 13, that the contentions of a wife are as a continual dropping. There is nothing more miserable than being married to the wrong one. Now, everything I say, at times I'm going to be specifically addressing the ladies. At times I'm going to be specifically addressing the men. Most everything that I say, to be honest, goes both ways. I mean, it really, the truth of God's word, it's good, it's good for all of us, all right, guys and girls. So don't think I'm, 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 I'm trying to address one more so than the other. But there is absolutely nothing miser- more miserable than being married to the wrong one. I hope you understand the severity of this all-important decision. I've already seen it in just a few years of ministry. Guys that I went to school with people that I grew up with that married the wrong one, and you see how unbelievably miserable that their life has become. Sometimes ending in divorce, ending in separation, ending in fill in the blank, right? Immorality. There's a lot of things that come from uh, what, as a result of being married to the wrong one. Sometimes people get lucky, but for the most part, a good marriage is the result of a court, careful courtship. A good marriage is a result of a careful courtship. Now, ladies, let me address you for just a minute here. You ought to present yourself to the guys around here as hard to get. It should take effort. It should take work. It should take a a, a display of character for guys to prove themselves worthy for you to court them or date them. Now, let me also use this disclaimer. I didn't say impossible to get, okay? (laughs) Some of you are never going to get gotten, I don't know if that's good English, because you're just impossible to get. I'm not saying that, okay? I believe the standards of God's word are not unachievable. We're not talking about, some, I mean, I, I'm for high standards. I, I, these are not impossible standards, though, okay? But don't be easy. Don't be easy. Don't, don't oh, look, this guy's paying me attention. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to miss out, okay? Don't be easy. Now, listen, I understand that going together on one activity is not a proposal of marriage, Everybody say amen right then and there. But at the same time, we don't take it flippantly around here either, okay? I've never been a big proponent of ask somebody at the banquet just so that you have somebody to go with. I've never been, that's that's not my, that's not my philosophy. I I could argue it's not, I'm not going to get into too much, but that's just not me. I was not that desperate, okay? I was not that insecure. I did not need to save $5 that badly. Say amen right there, all right? I'm just, now listen, once again, not a proposal of marriage, but before I would ask somebody on an activity, I would think, is this person, does their character, is their disposition, somebody that is at least a candidate that I would consider marrying one day? That's biblical courtship, okay? You don't just jump into things flippantly. Well, you know what, she, she's sort of a nice girl, and I guess we'll go, and whatever happens, happens, right? No. They ought to be someone that's at least a, a potential candidate, all right? Now, I just didn't understand that. When I was in college, I had a lot of friends that were, that were girls, but I wasn't asking them to go to the banquet with me just so I would have a date. I just, I just don't get that. Um, and so let's just say this. Um, you don't have to go with someone just so they don't feel bad. Have some standards, amen? Now, listen, ladies, why would you consider a low-character guy? And if you're not discerning enough to figure that out, ask somebody. Why would you consider someone that sleeps in church? Someone that doesn't go to class, someone that's not serious about God and their ministry, someone that can't keep a good job, why would you even consider someone like that? Now, I hope I have not offended anybody this morning here, 
Okay? You ought to ask counsel from somebody before you let them steal your heart. Well, it's just one date. It doesn't take very much for a man's words to convince a lady that there ought to be something there. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. You ought to ask counsel. Now listen, let me take this a step further. If you're afraid to ask counsel about a guy or a girl because you are afraid that maybe the counselor would say something to try to dissuade you from courting that person or going on a date with that person, uh, I think that you probably already know the answer, well, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. But you ought to ask anyways. You're better than that. I've seen it before where guys or girls would get in trouble. They get put on SoPro. And instead of whoever they were interested in, or instead of whoever, maybe boyfriend or girlfriend even, instead of them taking a step back and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me find out if this guy's character, this girl's character, is actually somebody that I want to, to continue to pursue. Rather than doing that, I've seen it before where they actually become more emboldened to that individual inside with that person and their sin and their lack of character and their laziness versus the college, the administration, parents. I've seen it happen before. It's a weird thing. Let me just say this. You're better than that. Have some standards. Is anything that I just said considered high standards? I don't really think that what we've said so far is high standards, but have some standards. Some questions that you ought to ask yourself. Do they walk with God? Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure he reads his Bible. It ought to be evident that that individual walks with God. Let me ask this question. Do they have a sobriety concerning the ministry and the things of God? Well, he'll grow up one of these days. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. Do they have direction and purpose in life? Well, he's just praying and asking the Lord to show him what what he should do with his life. Listen, there is some specific direction that most likely may not come until after you graduate from college. I understand that. But can I say that does not excuse a total lack of direction and purpose in life. And I think if you're honest with yourself or you ask somebody, they'll be able to identify that. Do they work hard and do they pay their bills? Well, he's just going through some difficult times right now. You know, it's not that bad. If he can't make it now, what makes you think he's going to make it later? Let's take a step back. Have some standards. Now, guys, understand this goes both ways. Okay? Superficial beauty wears away over time. But the inner beauty that comes from walking with God and living for others will last a lifetime. Once again, marriage is a good thing if it's what? The right thing. Uh, Turn over to Proverbs 31. I want to give you a few things from Proverbs 31. I was reading this this morning, but also studying this for the message here. Uh, Let me give you a few things that ladies you should strive to be in. Guys, these are things that you should look for in a lady. And then at the end, we'll hit the guys one more time if we have time. And we'll end it there. So I'm sort of going back and forth. Equal opportunity. Amen. That's what we believe in around here. Number one. Proverbs 31, ladies, what should you strive to be? Guys, what should, be, should you be looking for? Number one, someone that you can trust. The Bible says in verse number 11, Proverbs 31, it says the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Anybody that's been married for any length of time at all will tell you one of the most important values in a relationship is trust. When trust breaks down, when there is no trust, when somebody does something to destroy trust in any relationship, that is a hard hill to climb back to where it needs to be. I, un- I say unfortunately, some, sometimes fortunately, sometimes unfortunately, we talk, we do some counseling with, with those that are in relationships or marriage, and, and it's pretty obvious very quickly when trust has been broken. And that's a hard thing to recover. 
Guys, you ought to be looking for some, uh, someone that you can trust. Ladies, you ought to endeavor to be someone that is trustworthy. The Bible says the heart of her husband does safely trust in her. What produces trust? Let me just give these things to you real quick. Honesty produces trust. And once again, I hope you guys understand this goes both ways, right? Honesty produces trust. Number next, we're just going to go through these. Proper communication produces trust. You, there's got to be communication back and forth. Stability, third of all, stability produces trust. Uh, guys, it is so important that, that you can provide stability in, in a relationship. And ladies, the same thing goes not in a provisionary uh, way, but even in, in, a, in an emotional, um, mental way. It's so important that there's stability in a relationship. Uh, that's where trust can be uh, produced and trust can be strengthened and trust uh, can be grown through stability in a relationship. How about this? What produces trust? Honesty, proper communication, stability. But how about this? Love that's shown. Now, we use that word love very flippantly today, do we not? Right? Uh, love is not lust. Love is not like. Love, biblical love, is something that is shown. And, and, and there's action that's evident. And, and when love is shown and when love is felt, that's going to produce trust. Well, I told her that I loved her along. Not going to work. Or vice versa. It's got to be love that's shown. Who are you looking for? Someone that you can trust. Number next, who are you looking for? Someone that makes you better, not worse. Someone that makes you better, not worse. Look at verse number 12, Proverbs 31. It says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I've seen a good man dragged down by a bad woman. And I've seen the same thing happen to a good woman where she is just, I mean, just destroyed because of a bad man. Every one of us, every one of you ought to look for someone that will strengthen you spiritually. Uh, I and whatever God has called you to do, pastor, missionary, Christian school, whatever it is, just faithful Sunday school teacher, bus cat, whatever God has for you in life, whatever your calling is, right? Uh, whatever it is, you ought to look for somebody, a spouse, that's going to make you better in that role that God has called you to do. How many, you've heard this before, this is nothing new, but how many pastors, their ministry is hindered because their wife is a liability, right? And I know that that's, that's sort of a big you know, thing that maybe we would, we would emphasize. But once again, it goes both ways. We're, you ought to look for someone that's going to strengthen you, make you a better person in whatever it is that God's called you to Look for someone that can keep you accountable in a good way. I learned this lesson as, as a young man. My parents taught this to me, uh, even just regarding friendship. They said, look for people that are going to make you better, not worse. Don't try to walk into a group of people that are down here spiritually and you're up here and, well, I'm going to pull them up. No, most likely you're going to level down to that level, right? The same thing is true in a relationship. I've heard girls say, well, you know, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can help them. I think I can fix them. I think I can do this or that. And I've heard guys say the same thing about girls. And, and most of the time that never works. It just does not work. Look for somebody that's going to bring you up. I thank God for the friends that I, that I sought in my life that, that made me stronger, that made me better. And, and many of them are still around today, Brother Todd and Brother Joel and Brother Dave. And, and Brother, I, I could go through a list of people that are serving God, and I consider them to be more spiritual than me. And I tried to get around those type of people to strengthen myself. And the same is true in his palace. I thank God for a godly wife who I, I have no doubts is more spiritual than I am. I'm not just saying that to try to pump her up. She, but I'm telling you, I... I believe she loves God. I think she has a more of a burden for souls. And, and I thank God for someone that's going to strengthen me. And she's not going to pull me down the other way. She's going she's to pull me up and she's going to strengthen me in those areas. I've heard people say when we get married, things will be better. 
Never. Marriage is not a band-aid for lust. You've heard that. Neither does it improve character. Just doesn't. Who are you looking for? Someone you can trust. Someone that makes you better, not worse. Let me give this to you. I've got to keep moving here. Trying to get done. Number three, someone who's a worker, not lazy. Verse 13, verse 13 says this, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. There's multiple verses we could go down through here. Uh, it, it, it says a little bit later on that she's not idle. She's not given to idleness. Uh, you see that there. She eateth not the bread of idleness. Verse number 27. There's multiple verses that talk to, uh, to, the, to, the, to the work ethic of this virtuous woman. Guys, you ought to look for a hard worker. Not someone who wants to sit around all day doing nothing. Ladies, can I say the same to you about the guys? Being a wife and a mother is hard work. I, listen, I thank God for a stay-at-home wife and mother. I think what she does is every bit as difficult and just as much work as what I do, and sometimes more. Because guess what? I get to go home at the end of the day. She stays home at the end of the day, right? And, and ladies, that is not second class. I know we live in a, in a society uh, where it's promoted for women to have a career outside of the home. And listen, I'm not telling anybody else's wife what to do. But I believe, scripturally, the place for a mother is in the home. And, uh, and, I, and I thank God for, for, for a wife that works hard, and you ought to look for the same thing. Understand, it is a difficult, it's a difficult job. As we read through Proverbs 31, it's very obvious that a woman can be industrious and productive even from home, even outside of the family. And uh, man, what a tremendous uh, character trait to look for. So you're looking for someone who's a worker, not lazy. How about this? Someone who's strong, not weak. Verse 17 says, She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Uh, guys, don't be intimidated by a strong lady by a strong girl, unless she can beat you in arm wrestling, then don't marry her, all right? But I think sometimes our idea is that we got to have some, that ladies have to be, no, ladies don't need to be weak. They need to be strong. There's physical strength. There's mental strength. There's spiritual strength. We need strong ladies, not weak. When you're going through difficulties in life and in marriage, you need to help me who's going to keep you together, not someone that's going to encourage you to quit, someone who's strong, not weak. How about this? Someone who lives and does for others. This is number five. Talking about things that you ought to look for. Character traits from Proverbs 31. Someone who lives and does for others. Look at verse 20. It says, She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. I don't know if there's anything sadder to see than, than someone that, that displays selfishness, especially when it's in marriage or, or whatever facet that it is. The Bible says here that, that you ought to look for someone that, 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 that regardeth the poor, that, that, that seeks out the needy, that does and, and, is, and wants to do for others, has a heart to do for others. Someone that's unselfish, it's not all about them. And I can't emphasize this enough. Can I tell you, it's a very immature thing for, for you to live all about you. You got to grow up. You got to get out of that. Guys, ladies, it doesn't matter. We, we ought to strive to be someone who lives and does for others. What's the greatest way that we can do for others? Giving them the gospel. Amen. Amen. There's so much more than that, but it starts right there. Amen. Moving on, number six, someone who speaks with wisdom and kindness. Someone that speaks with wisdom and kindness. Look at verse 26. It says, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Let me just say this. You can learn a lot about somebody by their words. And if, and if, if, if a girl, or, and once again, I hope you understand this works both ways. If 
But if somebody opens their mouth, and it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend, and you're, and you're like embarrassed by what they say, that might be a sign that maybe I need to sort of withdraw from this, and maybe this isn't the person I need to be interested in. Amen? The Bible says she opened her mouth with wisdom. There's a certain discernment that comes with when to speak, when, when not to speak, what to say, what not to say. And then it goes even a step further and says, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. You ought to look for someone that can control what they say, when they say, and then when they speak, they're words of kindness, not words of strife. Uh, how many of you ever heard the old adage, if you don't got anything good to say, don't say it at all, right? That's, that's who we ought to strive to be. And, and these are things that are important to look for in a relationship, not words of strife, not words of criticism. Don't date somebody that's critical of anybody because guess what they're going to eventually be critical of? You. Absolutely right. Last, ladies, and you're going to be a guy. We're going to move over to the guys here. Who are you looking for? Someone that loves and fears God. Verse 30 says, Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Ultimately, it comes down to, I hope that that's the most important thing. The fear of the Lord. A spiritual, a spiritual woman, a spiritual man. That's very, very important. Now, listen, guys, we're going to switch over to you. We're going to be done here quick. I already beat on the guys. Brother Hall just came and he thinks I'm preaching to the ladies. I already beat up the guys, didn't I, ladies? Didn't I beat up the guys in the beginning a little bit? Let me give this to you real quick. Why? Because ultimately, guys, you're the one that drives the pace and the direction of a relationship. And so let me give this to you real quick. A couple things that are super important about finding the right one. Number one, be patient. Number one, be patient. Cannot overemphasize this enough. Be patient. You've probably already heard it. Have you already heard it? Be patient. It's not a rat race, Okay. It's not, I think Brother Hall calls it a space race. It's not, there's no award for the person that gets the girlfriend or the boyfriend the fastest. Well, I saw this girl when she came with the first day of school, and if I'm not the one that makes, that, that draws her attention and gets her to be my girlfriend, then I'm going to lose her for the next four years. No, it doesn't work that way. Be patient. Be patient. It's a process. How, how should you be patient? Get some counsel. I already talked about the importance of, of seeking counsel. And once again, if you're afraid of what that counselor might say, then that probably is a good indicator of whether you should even be going that way. Okay? How about the individual's pastor? How about the vice president of the college who knows that person pretty well, right? As far as some of the things, as far as their relationship with administration. How about the dean of women? Or uh, how about, uh, how about uh, other people maybe from that, that might be involved? Get counsel, not those who you know will, t uh, not from those that will tell you what you want to hear, but from those that you will, will tell you what you need to hear. Number next, not just patient, be patient, but number next, ask tough questions. Have, can I say have some conversations that are substantial, even at the beginning? And I'm not saying that first date, first activity, you're all of a sudden, how many children do you want to have? You know, what are your thoughts on, you got to be careful about some of that stuff. There, there, there's the right time, and, then there, and there's sort of a pace, but, but don't, don't build a relationship that's just on, on the frivolous. Don't build a relationship where that's just fluff, and then all of a sudden you're about to marry, and you don't know what that person believes on certain Bible issues. You don't know what that, what that person's philosophy is on child-rearing. You don't know if that person actually has a heart and a desire to go with you and what God has called you to do. Those are conversations that must be had, and, and I encourage them earlier rather than later. Now, once again, there's a right time for that. Ask the tough questions. Number three, and we'll be done here, do things the right way. Do things the right way. Once again, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. But it's only a good thing if it's the right thing, if it's done the right way. Do things the right way. Respect her. Respect her parents. 
I, 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 ladies, I, I don't understand how I've seen it before where, where girls will, will just allow guys to disrespect them. If a guy's trying to get you to do something that's against rules, that's wrong biblically, scripturally, that's disrespect. He's disrespecting you. And, and you ought to get away from that guy as quick as you possibly can. You better be careful about that. Respect. Respect her. Respect her parents. Follow college guidelines. Listen, there are safeguards that are in place for your benefit. Not for us. <laughs> the, the longer I've been around Providence Baptist College, the older I get, and I'm still young compared to a lot of people that are in ministry, but I understand more and more why certain things are in place. And, and I, I remember being a college student. Sometimes there's a perspective, well, they're just out. They just don't understand. Or they're just, it's for your good. It's for your benefit. It's for, it's for your future. And, and even as we prayed before we came in here, man, our, our heart's desire is for you to accomplish what God has called you to do. And for you to do it with great power. And for you to do it with great success. And for you to be uh, just as happy as possible in the Lord's will for your life. So follow, follow college guidelines. Well, I just don't understand. You will one day. You will one day. Follow college guidelines. Follow biblical guidelines. Marriage is a good thing if it's the right thing. If you even question right now, if you're in a relationship and you even question if it's the right thing, can I challenge you, encourage you? I'm not trying to break people up, but if you're not sure, you might, there might be people here like, I just don't know if this is the right thing. Take a step back. Give it some time. Seek some counsel. Put the brakes on. Pray. It's just not worth a life of misery. It's just not. The divorce, the pain, the loneliness, temporary fulfillment is not worth a lifetime of problems. Do it the right way. Do it God's way. Let's pray. Lord. Thank you for joining today's Maverick message. We hope that you have found this to be inspiring and life-changing. We encourage you to take some time to reflect on what you have heard today. What are some key takeaways that you can apply to your own life? Thank you for listening, and God bless.